Do you remember that story when you were growing up about the prince who waited until he was fully confident and positive before he went to rescue the princess? Like, no, nobody else does either. Mm. Like you won't remember it either. Like the stories, the things that we all remember are the challenging experiences. Like we used to have a saying in the unit that an experience is a nightmare in past tense. Welcome to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. How to build the emotional fortitude to win in life and in business. No fluff, just real-world results. I'm your host, Ida Marmorani, ex-Israeli Special Forces, former undercover agent, jiu-jitsu black belt, and mindset expert. One of the most interesting questions that I got in a recent arena cohort was somebody asked me, when I find myself procrastinating, how do I stop negative thinking and switch into more positive thinking? And as soon as he asked that, I was like, okay, we got to take a step back and we got to pause because we're asking the wrong question here. Now, the problem with that question was that it was rooted in the foundation that he had a belief that in order to take action, I need to stop thinking negatively. I need to think positively. He was basically saying ideal conditions only. Only if I think positive, then I can take action. And that's why he was even thinking that question to ask, like, how can I swap myself and think more positively instead of negatively? And that's a big problem. And it's also a very ineffective way to think if you want to take action. It will definitely hold you back from achieving what you can do, what you're capable of doing. And again, if you want to achieve a lot of action and achieve a lot of things, you can't wait for to feel positive and only do things then. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So with that in mind, I want to welcome my co-host, Alex. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, Nima. Cool. So first off, any thoughts about that before we get started and rolling? Yeah, uh, negative thinking versus positive thinking. Uh, yeah, the whole positive and, and, thinking vibe, uh, let's call it. And, and based on your preface, it sounds like we might be moving towards effective thinking versus ineffective thinking rather than Ooh. negative, positive. I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Interesting. So cool. here's the deal. The main takeaway I would like for everybody listening from today is that you're going to feel negative or pessimistic at times. That's going to happen. That is okay. You do not have to let that stop you. It's a choice. I think where this guy got that from is this whole notion out there like, oh, you want to get into this amazing state where you're just like in this positive flow state. You do this, you do that, and then you feel great, and then you go and conquer the world. And there's this, a lot of us, like, it's bullshit out there. And it frustrates me because I know that A, it's not true, and B, it causes, it feeds on people's need to want to act only when it feels comfortable, which is a natural need of ours. Mm. And it's holding a lot of people back. It's a shame. They're like, only, only take confident action. It's like, what if you took action when you're not confident as well? Mm. What if you learn to do that? Like how you said, that's not positive, negative. This is being able to be effective or not. And that's the main thing I want to dive into today, to recognize that you're going to feel negative or pessimistic at time. And the real goal is not to say, how can I stop feeling neg negative and always feel positive and take action? But the real goal is to say, what if I can take action and do the things I'm supposed to do, even when I feel a certain way that isn't ideal? Sure. Shall we? Let's go. All right. So I'll say it like this. Like, I think that's what separates children from adults. Like being able to do the thing that you know you should be doing, that you have the toolkit to do, regardless if you're in the best emotional state or not. Like, regardless if you're super motivated or not. 
regardless if you know with certainty that you're going to get amazing results or not. And again, I think the main thing is that we all have an, we have to understand that we all have this natural tendency. We would love it. Nothing would be better if things were easy and we would always felt great and all our actions felt amazing and easy and great. It's important to recognize that we all have that lower part of ourselves that would love for that to happen. That would be the ideal condition. But it's not a realistic thing to fall back on. And that if we're not very vigilant, that part is always going to creep up and try to take the driver's seat. And say, wait, wait, we don't feel positive, so let's not do it. Let's figure out why we don't feel positive. Let's do something to make ourselves feel positive. And only then, let's think about it. So, you know, do, do you have a definition? Do you, do you have a definition that would encompass positive versus negative thinking? I don't, which is interesting because I never, honestly, I never felt a need to define it. Like this negative, positive, or like what exactly, when are you in this state or when you're in that state? I think that actually looking for definition is, is kind of like the trend right now, which mm. I think it's not really helpful. It's like, what does it help you to know, okay, I'm in a really, really positive state or I'm in a bit of a negative state right now? Like, I think it's a lot of, it, it's, it's a lot of mental play that doesn't actually serve the real issue about you being able to take action. Mm -hmm. Like, and this is where I would like to contribute to this conversation because there is value. And again, like doing certain things, like working out, like eating healthy to keep your mindset right. So you're just not in a negative place all the time that I'm not denying and I'm not trying to argue against, but it gets to a point where it becomes a dependency. You're mm -hmm. saying, unless I feel great, then I can't. And I think that's a problem. Like how you say, that's a very ineffective way to live. And it's mm. also, I think, an extremely frustrating way to live. Like if I was, for example, preparing for a marathon and I said, okay, I know I have to run a lot to do that. I have to get my miles in. But I'm only going to run if it's sunny and nice outside. Like first off, I'm not going to get the miles that I need to get in. So I'm not going to get the result. And B, in a weird way, like paradoxically, me waiting for these ideal conditions where it feels great to run because it's sunny, it's actually going to make me have a ton of anxiety because every morning I'm going to wake up and say, oh, wait, I hope it's a good situation right now. I hope it's a good climate. I hope I can run. I hope I can feel good. And I've seen people go through that where they basically fall victim to that and they feel trapped. They're like, oh, wait, I hope it's, I feel good today. Otherwise I can't. And it creates this downward spiral of anxiety. Because you can't always control that. Mm. And you feel powerless. That's the big thing. So, so COVID, for a lot of entrepreneurs, COVID would have, would have given that, you know, for a lot of industries, it was either shut down, whether it was supply chains or just ability to yeah. actually keep your business open. And when, that, when those government mandates first kicked in or restrictions, uh, you know, for a lot of business owners, I can see how they wouldn't have been thinking terribly positively um, because there's a lot of yeah. external challenge. but how they would then move to effective thinking and decision making as opposed to you know being stuck in the in great question yeah so beyond like before that so what you're saying is like it wasn't positive it was hard like COVID had some hardships had some challenges for a lot of business owners mm. now the business owners like let's say like there's business owner a and business owner b okay so business owner a was like you know what I feel really bad about this COVID thing right now. It's very challenging for me, my business, my family. It's like, I just got to like 
keep motivating myself. I got to do something more positive, get myself in a positive mindset. And when I get to this positive mindset, then I know I can do the right things. So he had the morning routine. He took the extra supplements that help him sleep better so he can get an optimal sleep score. He did a cold plunge, ordered a sauna, whatever it may be. And then he got himself to a really good state. And then a new regulation came in or a second wave mm -hmm. or a third wave and it crushed him. So he never ended up doing things. And then on the other side, you got business owner B. Business owner B was like, you know what? This is going to be a hard year. This is going to be a very challenging year. So we're going to do things under challenging conditions. And that's how we're going to move forward. And we're going to accept that it's going to feel challenging. But that doesn't mean that we need to stop. And honestly, he also probably took it as an opportunity. Because he was like, I know I'm a savage. And I know there's a lot of business owner A's out there. They're going to be wiped away. Because they're going to be waiting for things to feel comfortable. And I'm just going to do. So while they're wasting all their time like, trying to get their mood up, I'm just going to be doing the thing. Do you, do you feel like a, a, a large external event like that forces people to become more practical and take action? So if you're a restaurant owner and, hey, you can't operate under certain conditions, if you want to put food on the table and, and not go bankrupt, you have to take steps. Whereas outside of those large events, we might be struggling with, with um, things which we can kind of, we can accept not taking action because it's not existential. Yeah, absolutely. I think it really, the, the extremes for certain realities that you can mm -hmm. kind of get away with when you can get away with certain unhelpful behaviors when the situation is easier or not as extreme. But when those things happen, it's like it changes the whole game. Because mm. yeah, I found a lot of business owners that I was coaching uh, were desperate for ideas. Uh, mindsets, actions, tactical or strategic, and they were really, really interested in, in following the advice because their back was against the wall and, and you know, they, they couldn't see the light. But I find a lot of other people in other circumstances, because the, the threat is not as, as serious, um, struggle to, to be as practical as they would be when, when their back's against the wall like COVID. Yeah. And I think it's a very, it's, it's in a way, it's a beautiful thing. It's like when situation is easy, you don't have to be your best self. And when you're given an opportunity to not be your best self, that's when again, that lower part of you can start taking over. You can start BSing yourself a lot. You can start saying, okay, you know what? Like, yeah, I do need to have the two hour morning routine. Like, oh, I do need to take all of these supplements. Or, oh, like, I do need to, like, figure out a better mantra to say to myself, whatever it may be. Mm. I need to get a better environment before I do this or that. And the world will let you get away from it. We'll get away with it, sorry. Because the conditions are easier. And all of a sudden, when things get a lot harder and you're not used to having to deal with things just being challenging and moving anyway, because, again, like it is the marketing thing to talk about positive thinking these days. And you, nobody told you that that's not what you need to do. You don't have to wait until you feel positive. You don't have to wait until you feel confident. Like you're going to feel stuck all of a sudden because you're unprepared. You don't have the skill set. And it's a skill that you can acquire and that you can practice and you can harp on to move with discomfort. Not despite, but just with it. 
Is that a trend that you see emerging amongst entrepreneurs in the age of sort of like the new age sort of spiritual thinking or biohacking that these things become a constraint? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, so I think the whole like anti morning routine trend, I think Alex Ramosi like talks about it a lot and I agree with him. I think what it is, is what he's trying to say in his way is like, guys, stop focusing on all these things to get you to do the work instead of just doing the work. Mm. And it is like he's an absolute doer. He just does. Mm. And he's a rare specimen and an amazing specimen as far as the doing. Mm. Now, most people, they don't have that threshold of pain. They haven't trained to it yet. Again, it's a trained thing. So they're like, okay, this feels a bit uncomfortable, a bit painful. So let me try to even that out with something else. Like, let's say something basic about cold calling. That's a painful thing. So before I cold call, let me do this morning routine. Let me do this. Let me do that so I can get myself in a good mood and then I can balance out. There's some negative, some challenge, oh, but I also feel positive. And again, like people get sucked into that. Like it's, I've seen people and like we've all seen people in entrepreneurship communities that they go from one trend to another to make themselves mm -hmm. feel better. So I think in like 2018, it was, oh, I have ADHD. So I have to figure out this stuff. And I have ADHD as well. I was diagnosed as a kid and like, I, I understand that, but it was same that. Here. Yeah, it was okay. I have ADHD. So this is, I have to do all these things in order to get myself to function. Then it turned on into like, you know what? I have to do some emotional healing. I have to do, then I have to do an ayahuasca trip because that's going to make me feel better finally. And then I have to take all these supplements for my sleep because my oral score is an 80 today and I can't deal with that. Then it became like, oh, I have to do these morning routines. I have to do a cold plunge. Now it's, I think the trend is now I have to get my testosterone checked all the time. Because if my testosterone is a bit low, that's why I can't do anything. Mm, okay. Then it's EDMR, the next thing, like the next trend. There's always a trend of how do I make myself feel better? Because there's a hope that if I make myself feel better, then I'll finally do the thing. Instead of recognizing I don't have to feel better in order to do the thing. Does that make sense? It's a lot of sense. I, I often try to think of it like on a spectrum. There's one extreme, there's accountability, and the, and the other one is sort of the excuse making or sort of acceptance. Um, so if it's someone who needs to to lose weight, for example, okay, I'm going to habitualize training. I'm just going to go to the gym and do the fitness thing Monday through Friday, and that's kind of like the high degree of accountability. Um, I didn't sleep well last night. I'm tired. And I got a busy day at work. Cool. You you agreed to a thing. You better stay you know committed to to that and have a high degree, so the extreme end of accountability as the people who train two hours a day, but only sleep three hours a night. Doesn't matter what's going on in the world, yeah. it always gets done. And then the other excuse making, I've got a sore toe, you know, it's a bit rainy outside. I, I've, I've seen firsthand how, um, how detrimental the, the excuses can become and how creative people can get at that sort of yeah. perpetual procrastination um, because everything's not right. The conditions aren't optimal. Yeah, I think what you said there is so is so well well said. The perpetual, the creative procrastination. That's a lot of the stuff. That's what it is. Like we mm. don't recognize, like trying to get ourselves to feel positive. We're just trying to be creative on how we can procrastinate until we feel so positive and so great, so confident that we move forward. And do you feel like most of those, whatever the procrastination is, kind of boils down to a version of difficult things? Like I know on the other side of this is just doing the boring work or, you know, physical pain or, you know, the boring work or the work that goes unrecognized. Therefore, I'm going to get creative with the way to procrastinate. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'd rather not do that because that's not what's naturally for a human fun, easy, and just like very enticing. Sure. Like there's delayed gratification inside those things. 
So how can I avoid delayed gratification by doing something else that will gratify me right now? If I do the, I don't know, the cold plunge or whatever, maybe I immediately feel a boost. So let me do that instead. And a lot of these things, like how you're saying they're creative, they're also sneaky because I'm trying to like tell myself, oh, there's actually something really productive that I'm doing. All this time, I'm mm. getting myself to think positive. I'm not procrastinating. Mm. I'm doing something really positive here. And so a similar way, if you, your, your test for beliefs, like how is that helping you? What, what do you get from this? Yeah. Would you, would you apply that to the behavior as well? Yeah, I would. And I think, again, like there is, it's not a black and white thing. There is a threshold there. I think mm-hmm. like you, like for me personally, I recognize that me working out every day, absolutely positive for my for sure. Like I work out first thing in the morning when I wake up, like everything in the world is better, but I'm not dependent on it. And that's the big thing. Like if I can't work out during the day, that doesn't mean I'm going to tell myself, well, I can't do this and that today because I didn't get my workout in. And I think that's the tipping point when it becomes a dependency. Where you're saying to yourself, unless I could get, have this, do this, whatever it may be, then I can't do that. That's when it's a real problem. Like that's the line when it becomes a dependency. That unless I get the morning routine, unless I finally figure out through coaching, through therapy, through supplements, through whatever it may be, through ayahuasca, and I get all this negative thinking completely out of me. So it's 100% clear and 100% positive. Like, unless I do that, I can't take action. That's a problem. Like, I think for me, the, like how we were talking about the delayed gratification and just not, not doing the simple things that need to get done. Like, and how I always say like this stuff is a skill. For me, the moment that really was kind of like a turning point was when I was 18. So in boot camp in the special forces, I think it was like week four of advanced unit boot camp, which is like the hardest part in eight week period. We were all starting to, to kind of drag our feet. And we weren't outwardly complaining, but we were starting to have like a little bit of victimhood creep. Like this is hard, this is difficult, da da da. And it was, it was difficult. It was very hard. You know, we were covered in mud all the time. We were sleep deprived. We were underfed. Everyone's body was torn up in shape. And then one of the officers came in and he talked to us. And he's like, "Listen, guys, pain is temporary. Pride is forever." Like. The fact that you're feeling some pain right now doesn't mean you need to back away from it. Like on the other side of this pain, you can be proud of yourself. It's not that glory is forever, it's that your internal pride is. And I think that's a really big thing to recognize that, especially when you don't feel positive, that's your opportunity to do something that you'll be proud of. And like, yes, you may be doing the morning routine, it's something you can enjoy, but it's such a lesser like, level of emotion than pride, just enjoyment. And that's what I'm like, it's not about moving, taking action despite you feeling negative. It's taking action because you feel negative. Like if you can do that, there's so much pride on the other side of it that you actually will paradoxically feel a lot more positive because of it. There's a quote that I like, which I think is, is from a similar sort of vein in that nobody will know, but you will. And I apply that to yeah. situations where there's difficult work and uh, it could even be a, a workout. You know, I'm going to do 100 burpees um, and you're counting. And you're like, well, you know, maybe if you're in a class environment, like, well, I'm, I'm the leader or you know, no, nobody will know I'm on that 86. I can just stop now and say, say that I did 100. Yeah. 
I really love that that quote of, you know, nobody will know, but you will, because I think that directly relates to your self-confidence and just doing the thing regardless and having that little pride and saying, look, I did this thing. Nobody was watching um, and it was difficult. I could have quit, but yeah. I feel way better about myself and more confident because I stay committed to my, to my desire to you know, achieve whatever. Yeah. And I think it's yeah. a really powerful mental reframe. So like, and that's what I told the guy from the program. It's like, so here's your reframe. Instead of thinking about this as like, okay, how can I wait to feel positive about it? Say, like, you know what? I can feel very proud of myself and I will feel amazing if I do it, despite me not being in a good state. So therefore, whenever I feel myself in a bit of a negative place or not super confident, that's my opportunity to do something that I'm really proud of. If I don't feel that way, if I don't feel a bit negative, a bit afraid, a bit anxious, whatever it may be, I do not get the opportunity to act with courage and to do something that I'm proud of. It's like the old, the thing I say a lot of times that causes people to smirk is like, do you remember that story when you were growing up about the prince who waited until he was fully confident and positive before he went to rescue the princess? Like, no, nobody else does either. Mm. Like you won't remember it either. Like the stories, the things that we all remember are the challenging experiences. Like we used to have a saying in the unit that an experience is a nightmare in past tense. Those are the experiences you remember. And it's like, if you don't get to have the hard and go through it, you don't get to have those positive reflections of yourself. And I think waiting for things to get positive, you're just basically being a victim. You're being captive to the external environment. Like for me, that would feel terrifying to think I can only do things if I feel positive or if the environment is great or if I feel really confident. I would be ridden with anxiety because like, what if I don't feel good today? Will I not do what I'm supposed to do? But having that sense of assurance that I can do something regardless if I feel positive or not, and that I'm going to do it, like for me, that gives me the ultimate peace. And paradoxically, I think that's what people are looking for when they're trying to do all these things to get themselves to feel positive. But you're looking outwards instead of inwards. So it does. I guess my question would be are there circumstances where doing the work regardless uh, might not be helpful. So I'll give, I'll give an example. You know, uh, someone's just found out a, something tragic happened to their family. Um, they're, they're, both their grandparents just died in a tragic accident. But they're supposed to go and uh, give a talk, um, attend a meeting, you know, do something on, on that given day. Under that sort of extreme circumstance, uh, is there a benefit to sitting in the, in the negative reaction the trauma of of what's just happened and processing yeah. that and not going and doing the thing or is it just going to put your helmet on and, and go, go to war anyway so it's a very interesting question it's a very different topic than what we're talking about here because that's let's call it actual trauma not just i'm in a bad mood today so how do i get myself there's let's call it the difference between acute acute instances like very severe like acute trauma like somebody just died with a business just went bankrupt whatever it may be and just like a general level, like, oh, I always just feel a bit negative or whatever it may be. Or I'm not fully optimistic. There's an acute and chronic. Now, with that said, like the way you, you phrase a question is like, if you're actually at war, real war, and someone dies next to you, you're not going to stop and mourn because you're actually at war. You need to go forward. Yeah, but I, the main thing I'm talking about here is when it's just like chronic. It's not an acute, like really heightened state of stress where there's a lot of, like, like somebody died or whatever it may be. But truth is, like, we live in a place, like, I let my, my dog run around the neighborhood. 
like it's, it's allowed here, but <laughs> I let him run around with his collar. Like, and if he gets hit by a car, I recognize something that might happen. Like, yes, I'm going to cancel my calls for the day. You know what I mean? It's like, that's what it is. But on a, on a general level, not, not everything's going to cause me to not do what I need to do. That, yeah, that, that helps me understand uh, earlier when I was asking you about definitions is defining negative thinking more as a chronic ongoing yeah. state of being rather than a acute reaction to something which is otherwise, you know, traumatic or, or you know, quite significant. Yeah. And thank you for clarifying that. That's a really well, yeah, yeah very well said. Okay. That helps. That cool. helps me understand it. Yeah. Cool. All right. I want to also share one thing that's a bit different. So have you heard about, do you know who James Stockdale is by any chance? No. So he was a POW. I think he was the highest ranked uh, naval officer that fell in the Vietnam War. And he gave a lot of interviews. And in one of them, they asked him, was there any group that had the most amount of trouble of the POWs in the prisons? And he said it was the optimists. He said, the ones who said, we're going to be out by Christmas, and then Christmas would come and Christmas would go. Then they'd say, we're going to be out by Easter. And Easter would come and Easter would go. And then Thanksgiving, and then it would be Christmas again, and they died of a broken heart. And again, it's that thing of like waiting for external conditions, waiting for something to save you. And they're trying to be like overly optimistic, overly mm. positive. And it's like, mm. I think the real beauty of it is not to be positive or optimistic, but to be resilient. Because for me, that actually feels much more comfortable. To not tell myself, okay, I think I'm a bit fragile, but. I'm very optimistic about what things will be in the future or my surrounding or my environment. I'm going to be very positive about it. Mm. That's a lot less comfortable when you say, you know what, like whatever comes about, I can deal with it because I'm resilient. And I think it's resilience over positive thinking. That's the goal. Yeah. So there's like a contrast between like that, that sort of wishful thinking um, of we'll be out by Christmas. Do the same thing, wishful thinking of like, oh, I hope I get it. Like this morning routine will get me to a place where I can do it. It's just wishful thinking. Mm. And it's trying to always like try to be positive and hopeful about like things that are not within your control. You can't control always feeling positive. You can't control always feeling confident. You know what you can control? You can always control to be courageous. When you're scared, when you're not comfortable, courage is always available. You feeling positive and you feeling confident, that's not always available. Courage always mm. is. Mm. displaying resilience it is available as well and those are things that are just like they're bigger they're better and they also give you that sense of pride afterwards which again gives you much deeper satisfaction than just feeling happy in the moment mm. because oh, i'm up for my morning routine or whatever it may be makes a lot of sense yeah makes a lot of sense do you have any other questions man yeah i've got a question so if i if i put the label around what you're talking about as kind of like bs positivity um, toxic positivity. Yeah, one thing I've seen <laughs> in the entrepreneurial world is is let's let's say it's it's a uh, it's a founder, uh, his business is off to a great start, but they're going to their first big uh, pitch meeting. You know, Shark Tank sort of experience. Mm -hmm. That so, like, do you feel that transparency and honesty are a precursor to to being courageous? So, a practical example. Person A goes to the to the pitch deck meeting. They're sitting in front of a bunch of wealthy investors, and they just they're faking it till they make it. 
you know, they're putting on a bit of an act. Because I've been on the other opposite side of people who are acting in a very, talking in a very positive yeah. way, but there's a spidey sense. I'm like, mm. yeah. <laughs> this, whether it's a tonality, there's something going on. Where I'm like, I, I don't feel that you're as positive as you're making. Like you, 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 I see you as acting positive or acting confident, not actually confident. Yeah. Whereas if I, I would actually take them a lot more seriously if they said, I'll be honest, I'm shitting myself right now. This is terrifying. I've never done a pitch deck before. Or I've never done a pitch presentation before. This is totally new. I, I love my thing. I think my thing's got you know great great opportunity in the market, but this dynamic is is new to me, and that's how I'm feeling. I would actually feel like that person's being more honest with me, and more likely to lead to a better outcome than the person who's just kind of faking it till they make it, because often yeah. I feel like they're they're faking it only to themselves and is sort of self-defeating. So your question is? The question is, like, do, you, do you feel that honesty and transparency in the situations where people are sort of like the, the toxic positivity is the precursor to being courageous? So to wake up, you know what? I, I feel not so, great today. Yeah, so it's an interesting one. Because I think it's absolutely also a courageous thing to say, you know, I'm still going to keep a positive outlook. I'm still going to be optimistic about this, even though I'm not sure I'm going to be realistic, but I'm going to keep a positive outlook on this. And then you can say to yourself both like, okay, there's logically a 30% of this unicorn actually happening. And I get that logically. And that mm -hmm. is a bit challenging, but I'm going to like actually force myself to have a positive outlook on this and not just be a negative person all the time around this. But again, like what I'm saying here is I'm taking action. I'm actively going to just decide to have a positive outlook. I'm not going to wait retro, like passively for me to feel positive and then do it. But again, a lot of the, all these morning routines, all this kind of stuff, all the work people try to do on themselves is to hopefully I get to the point where I feel positive and then I'll do mm. it, which is very different. So again, like being an active, like again, the reason courage and resilience are positive because they allow you to constantly be active. You're not passively waiting until you feel confident or positive or whatever. You're just in a positive thinking mode. That's mm. a big differentiator. That helps. Yeah, putting a number on it like that, like being transparent and saying there's a 30% chance that this works out, but I'm going to still be positive about it and pragmatically do the things regardless, which, which I think the sort of whole dream, believe, achieve sort of mindset um, is, is a little bit loose on details. And I think maybe um, yeah. we can sort of fall into a trap of just kind of believe it to be true and act like it's true as opposed to being honest with ourselves. Yeah. I think I remember yeah. I was giving a talk um, this year and it was in front of a big crowd of people that were all from Asia. And it was the first time I'd given to an all Asia crowd. And the leader of the conference was like, hey, Damar, like, I really love your stuff. This crowd is perhaps not as it's called like advancing the mindset stuff and their awareness of it is it there are people in the states or in europe just fyi like we'll see how people will receive it and so i did the talk it went great and then we opened up a q a and one of the the ladies there asked me questions she's like oh i also want to do some public speaking but i'm really nervous and it's like what do i do about it and i looked at her and i was like so can i tell you a secret and she was like what I was like i'm nervous right now and it's like everybody just started laughing. I was like, but it's fine. And that's the whole point. It's like, I'm not waiting for myself to feel fully comfortable or fully confident. 
It's like, I'm not waiting to feel like, oh, wow, I'm such in a positive mood. Everyone's giving me such amazing vibes here. Now I'm going to go on stage. So like, you know what? Regardless of how I feel, I'm going to do my thing. I don't have to wait to feel a certain way. And I think that's the big thing. Again, like you don't have to passively wait until you feel a certain way to do the thing. Mm. That's the big deal. And, and reframing. So like a situation where I fell into that comparison trap is I was invited to a, a, a pitch deck uh, event, which I've, I've never raised money from other people uh, for Alibaba, the Alibaba Venture Fund. And uh, for a bunch of details, I was ill-prepared. And um, I've got, you know, one little fitness company and I'm sort of right behind a, a global fit tech company and sort of right after me is another big global company. I'm thinking I'm going to stand out like dog's balls. I'm going to be standing on stage. I don't know how to run these events or what to say and how to, how to do it. But as I sat there and li listened to the people presenting before me, where it was, you know, we're on series F of whatever sort of thing and whether the Airbnb of, I realized, hang on a second. I've been comparing myself to these people and feeling a lack of confidence because I put them on this pedestal. Actually, I've got a profitable thing. And if we're just looking at dollars and cents, I'm ahead of these guys right now because they're still trying to get to profitability. And that, that reframe helped me actually think more positively because I was stuck in that sort of comparison trap of, yeah. of how I was feeling before that. I would say this, like even beyond that, like what if you didn't care about the comparison? Like you didn't feel positive because of that. You weren't able to make that reframe. We just said, you know what, like mm. this discomfort is temporary, but the pride I'll feel for doing the right thing despite the discomfort, that's going to last forever. And like, I think that's Strong where point. like perhaps lost in translation, what I said, like when my officers told us that in Hebrew, it wasn't that it was just pain. It was like discomfort is temporary, pride is forever. So when mm. you're feeling that discomfort, that's your opportunity for eternal pride if you do the right thing, because you will always be able to look back at it and say, wow. I felt so uncomfortable there. There was a part of me that was just yelling for me to not do it. Mm. But I did it anyway because it was the right thing. And I'm so proud of myself for having done that. That's, That's really thing. helpful. Yeah, I just, I just, as you said that, I realized I was still in the comparison trap. You know, yeah. previously I was comparing, but I'm, I'm here, there, there. Then I had a, I, I remodeled that and I thought, actually, I'm here and you're there. And that's why I'm going to feel confident. But I realized I'm still in that comparison trap. And if I was just, just thinking, trying to gain confidence, yeah, gain positive was, thinking. Yeah. If I was just, if I just siloed myself into, into my own reality and said, this is a awkward experience. This is novel to me. I feel as if I'm being audited or there's judgment about you know, my business understanding or yeah. the business itself, but I'm here anyway, doing the thing and I've prepared to the best of my ability and I should be proud of just being in the arena, yep. um, regardless, that would have been far more helpful in hindsight. Yeah. Like the, the simplest and like the most elegant way I've ever heard this say, there's apparently some skateboarder who's like 10 years old and like crushes everything. Uh, sorry, like a snowboarder. Yeah. He crushes yeah. everything. And a reporter once asked him like, what do you do if you're scared? And he said, I just do it scared. And it's exactly that. <laughs> it's that simple and elegant. It's like, yeah. just do it scared. And that's what you can be proud of. I'm not trying to say, how do I get myself to not be scared, to be more positive? Mm. That's like, that's where people are fooling each other. Mm. It's not, how do I get myself to not feel scared? Sometimes it's about like, I just do it scared. And I'm really proud of myself when that's said and done, that I did it scared. Who would have known the 10-year-old snowboarder was such an yeah. oracle? Of, sage, it's, it's so yeah. true. Just, yeah, just do it anyway. I just do it scared. Yeah. That's fantastic. 
Cool. Any other questions? Thanks for that. No, that's that's it. That's actually really helped really helped cool. me look back at that situation with a different lens. Cool. So I want to kind of wrap this one up a little bit. So what are your main takeaways from what we talked about? My takeaway would be it helps me to have those definitions is just defining that negative thinking is more of a sort of chronic perpetual state, not a otherwise obvious reaction to, to an external um, circumstance, like the, the traumatic event that happened in the here and now. Yeah. Um, and using some of your words, you know, uh, what helps me understand it even better is rather than the positive or negative would be more effective or ineffective. Um, that, that really helps me sort of understand where, where are my ineffective, perpetual ways of thinking versus labeling them as, as, as positive or negative. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Right. Where else said, and I think that's the whole point. Again, like if you're trying to achieve certain things and you're after certain results, thinking in terms of this is effective in getting me towards my outcomes, my desired outcomes, or is it ineffective? It's a very simple litmus test. So to kind of recap things on my end, first off, like don't wait to feel positive. Don't ask yourself, how do I feel more positive? Instead, recognize that you don't have to feel positive in order to do things that, as Alex said, are effective and are going to get you towards what you actually want out of life. That's one. Two, recognize that you actually are by trying to like level up your mood in all these ways, you actually give yourself a lot of anxiety because you tell yourself this story that unless my mood is high, I can't do the things that I know I should be doing. So you mm. feel like a lesser version of yourself because you tell yourself, wait, I can't do this even without it. And every time you're doing that behavior, you're just fortifying that belief in yourself, that negative belief, so to speak. Like if you find yourself in a spiral or if you know someone's in a spiral, they're going from one trend to another, whether it's therapy, whether it's endless coaching, whether it's a new form of therapy, EDMR, whether it's healing journeys, ayahuasca's, a morning routine that's a new one, testosterone checks, which is the current thing. They're just jumping from trend to trend to trend to trend, hoping that something will finally make them feel good enough to do the thing. To recognize they're probably trying to optimize for that. And that's the problem. And again, the biggest thing is that positivity, feeling positive and feeling optimistic and feeling great about things, that might not always be available. Mm -hmm. But courage and resiliency are always an option. Those are things you always can choose. And recognizing that can put you in such a position of power. To recognize that I have an internal control here, that again, I don't have to wait for the weather to be perfect for me to run. And I don't have to feel anxious in the morning, like, oh, wow, I hope the weather's good today. But I know that, like, you know what, I'm just going to run. Even if it rains on me, even if it snows, I'm just going to go. And that feeling creates so much calm. And you recognize you don't have to be a victim to that feeling. Again, that part of all of us that just want things to be positive and easy. Like, I don't have to be victim to that. I can take control out of it. So the question I would love to leave you guys with today is, where are you waiting to feel positive? Or where are you wasting a ton of effort in trying to get yourself to feel positive instead of just deciding that you're capable of doing something even when you don't feel that way? Like, what could you achieve if you decided that you didn't need to feel positive in order to take action? But that instead, you take pride in doing something, not despite, but because you don't feel at your very, very best. So you could be proud of to say that I did it anyways, and I got the results. So 
if this story resonates with you, and perhaps you see yourself in that guy that we spoke about from the arena, and you keep putting things off until you feel better, or you're just wasting again a lot of energy and trying to make yourself feel better instead of actually doing the thing, the arena could be an amazing place for you to uncover any of those unhelpful assumptions about life and how things should be. So you can not only achieve more, but just again, feel better about yourself while you're doing it. So you don't aren't victim to external circumstances. So again, if you'd love to check that out, we have all the links below. Aside from that, I hope today was helpful, guys. Thank you very much, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. Please tell a friend if you enjoyed it and found value in it. Three last things before you go, though. If you feel like someone else with your exact skill set and abilities could be accomplishing more than you currently are, that's a mindset and emotional access issue. And here are three ways I'd love to help you conquer any internal limitations, go big, and win. One, three quick ideas Tuesday newsletter. It's a weekly email with three quick ideas around one aspect of elite performance and how to approach it differently to get better and faster results. People say it's the most thought-provoking and impactful two minutes they spend in their inbox each week. It's easy to sign up to and easy to cancel, and you can sign up at edamomryan.com slash three ideas. Two is the Emotional Fortitude Micro Course. It will help you build the emotional fortitude and confidently tackle any goal. It's the complete, nothing held back, emotional fortitude system in five simple parts. It's all under five minutes each module. See it, use it, and win. And it's completely free at edamomorani.com slash course. And number three, lastly, if you want to dive in and aggressively level up, the Arena Mindset Accelerator might be for you. It's a six-week intense sprint for entrepreneurs who are up for a dramatic transformation. It's an interactive live program where you'll be working with me in a very hands-on way to get clarity on what you want, build an effective mindset to optimize for your goals, and establish elite emotional fortitude that will allow you to overcome any fear or doubt that could get in your way. You can learn more at itamarmorani.com slash accelerator. You can find all of these links in the show notes below or go to itamarmorani.com and have a look around. Until next time, who dares wins.